name is Cassie and I'm the founder of Fatco, where we use these guys to make this stuff. Let me explain. At Fatco, we specialize in making natural and organic skin and body care products, many of which contain tallow. It's nutrient dense and healing. It's extremely high in vitamins A, D, K, and E, all super important for skin health. It's natural, it's healthy, and it's sustainable. People are saying, oh yeah, when you're finals MVP, you are not the best player on the planet. To me, that makes no sense whatsoever. I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all gotta start, start appreciating. And you gotta stop disrespecting this man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is Monday. Best way to start your week is by listening to the ugliest motherfucker on the internet. Welcome to Profit Takes Podcast, May 2nd. I'm joined by the lovely Jay McLovin. I don't know if I told you, Jay. I have a list of people I want on my show. And as soon as I get them all on my show, Profit Takes will cease to exist. So it will be <laughs> over. You are another name I can, with pleasure, check off. I am now one step closer to ending this show. Jay, brother, how you doing? Man, I'm good. I- you know, I never realized this is the first time I think I've ever seen your show, the intro of the show, where you had short hair, and now yes. I actually look like, because I always wondered, well, what would probably look like if his hair was short and not this big mushroom top? And uh, yeah. I got to say, man, I think you look better with the short hair, brother. I think that's just more you. Oh, I definitely look way better with the short hair. Not, <laughs> even, not, not, even, not even close. I definitely look way better. Sacrifices must be made. But ladies and gentlemen, we have a packed episode in store for you guys. I've been neglecting the MLB, which is unfair, so we're going to have some MLB talk. But of course, we need to capitalize on the headlines that is the NBA playoffs. So round two is underway. For those of you who have not been watching it, it's going to be Phoenix and the Dallas Mavericks, Golden State and Memphis, the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Boston Celtics. What a time to be alive. What a time indeed. First team I want to talk about, Jay, first game, Bucks at Celtics. That's the first game I want to talk to you about. We got Molly Wap game one, 101 to 89. Um, depression, okay, depression. Uh, Marcus Smart, um, they said he's going to be fine. He'll be able to play and all that stuff, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Jay McLevin, game one, what did you think about it? Yeah, I, you know, I think it was a good game, honestly. Um, the, the problem I thought for the Celtics was, what I noticed with the Celtics was your big two, you know, your big two in Tatum and Brown, they just got out to a slow start, man. You know, uh, I think at, by the end of the first quarter, they had a combined total of like six points between the two of them. I think they came alive a little bit in the second quarter. I think they finished up with like 23 points between the both of them. But I just think, you know, it was a little too late for that team. You know, of course, then you had Marcus Smart, you know, who got injured in it. You know, so they had a lot of things going on. Uh, even without Middleton uh, there, you know, the, I, again, I, the problem I thought with the Celtics was they really weren't able to penetrate the paint, I think, the way that they would have liked to. You know, the, the, I thought the Bucks did a pretty good job uh, forcing them to, to shoot on the outside and not so much let them come on the inside. And I thought that was the biggest thing. And I'm really kind of curious – to see how well 
uh, Celtics can come back. I mean, like I said, was they, they lost by was it one point to nine by twelve points? I believe is what they lost by. So, you know, and, and, and again, man, Grace Allen, man, the guy just shows up, man. Fifty percent shooting, three of six. He only had eleven points, but when they call on him. He does well, and I think that's really what's fueling the Bucks right now. Is you have Giannis holding down the paint, but then they got you know role players like Allen and Portis Jr. and so forth that are coming through on the clutch shots and keeping them you know on the outside perimeter shooting well. And I think you know when you can do that and then and then hold the 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 Celtics um, defensively. And again, I think another problem is, is I think the Celtics have a hard time matching up size wise with the Bucks, and I think. They're going to have to play. I guess what I'm saying is if, if they're matching up size-wise, with the, you're going to need Tatum and Brown to play really extremely good ball, and they can't come out slow again like they did in that first quarter if the Celtics want to have a shot at winning this series. I 100% agree with you. Um, but, so I, I'm a Celtics fan, right, and I said Celtics in six. I, I still believe we can do that. I'm not going to be over – I'm not going to – dramatize game one because again it is only game one i'm not gonna there were some things that i did see that i did not like though for example like you said it, it did like when both your superstars come out extremely like slow and sluggish and they your two best players do not start off great and the thing was it was a relatively close game up until the fourth yeah the absolutely. fourth it when milwaukee milwaukee went on a solid run which ended up kind of putting us in a hole where we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. So I'm not, I'm okay. We're down, we're, we're down. Oh, one. It is what it is. I'm okay. I genuinely believe the Celtics can still get out of this because again, Jason Tatum only gave us 21 and Jalen Brown only gave us 12. What are the, what's the likelihood of that happening again? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the likelihood of both those guys doing that again will be. And and again, this was them missing a lot of wide open shots. It was like they were wide open and they would miss it. Why? You know, everyone has a bad game here and there. You know, I'm hoping it was just a bad game. And now we can move on and, you know, be able to make sure that we can go ahead, make the proper adjustments. Because again, I, tr I trust this team to make the adjustments. I trust Ime to make the right call and just be like, all right, look, let's relax. Here's what we got to do. Boom, 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 whatever the case may be. But dude, I'm, I'm, I'm good right now. I'm still good. I got a couple good. of questions. Now, my, my first question is, and again, and this is what I'm saying. The Bucks only, the Bucks, or excuse me, the Celtics only won one quarter out of that whole game. They won the third quarter, yes. but then they go into the fourth quarter and they only score like 19 points. Yes. And again, I, again, I, I wonder. You know, obviously, Smart was hurt during that time period. I, I think, matter of fact, I think he was actually in the locker room for the majority of that fourth quarter. So that could have been a difference maker right there. Right. You know, and again, he he went to the locker room. I watched him, and he was limping at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. They showed him walking to the locker room. He was limping. He wasn't looking good. They say he's going to be fine game four or game two. I don't, you know, they can say all they want because they, they look, they have to say that. Let's be honest. They want to keep the morale of the team up. They don't want to give the other team the advantage. They have to kind of say that. But realistically, mm -hmm. how good do you think he's really going to be? And if he is, I, I know he's going to play. But at what percentage are we getting Marcus Smart? I don't, he, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't think he's at 100. So what percentage do you think you get Marcus Smart back? Probably 70. 
Yeah. And that's, your, and that's your best defensive player. So, okay, so let's take that. Let's say if he goes back at 70% and that's your best defensive player, how is that going to impact game two? So it's going to impact it depending on one of two ways. Either A, you'd have to tell him because compromise, you're not, he's not going to be able to do what he could do at 100%. So he's not going to be able to go and, you know, be the spark plug that we need offensively. And to go defensively. So we're basically going to ask him, pick one. We're going to like, pick one. Like, are you going to be out there and you're going to, are you going to want to focus on your offense or defense? I would prefer he focus on defense because that's, that's his best thing. That's really what I would do. Right. You know? Um, so I, if you just look at it, everybody was horrible. Like as a team, we shot 33% for the floor, for the floor. That's horrible. Like I, I don't I don't know like shooting from the floor thirty three percent from the floor, unless you shoot seventy percent from the three point line, you're not gonna win. That's just the reality of this. You're not gonna win no matter what. So, I feel like I said I think there was some wide open shots that we missed. I think there was, um, I I, I, I think there was a lot of, dare I say, braggadociousness, where. We just swept Brooklyn. We came in thinking Milwaukee would be a breeze. That's that could be also something, something that I I, I think we gotta take that into consideration. This team truly was feeling themselves. I mean, think about it. Head into the playoffs, the Celtics were real quiet. All of a sudden, you got Eme saying we're not track stars, we're not running from nobody. Marcus Smart saying we could beat everybody. Like everyone, like we swept, they swept Brooklyn. All of a sudden, they started feeling themselves. So Perhaps that's what it was here. It was a situation that they got punched in the mouth. I mean, right. I, I, I think this loss, there's a lot of things that compound, that that basically is the reason why the Celtics lost. And, and as some fans are saying it's the officiating, regardless if it was officiating or not, I, I can't blame the officiating when my team shot couldn't even shoot 34% from the floor. I can't look at the refs and say that's their fault when we're, we can't even score a bucket. That's just how I look at it. You know what I mean? So right. So let me ask you this. So but, again, so with Marcus Smart, are we are we monitoring his minutes or are we giving him the full go and he's just going to go and play his game? I'm gonna give him minutes restriction. I would. I matter of fact, what I would do, I would see how he is. I would let him go, right? Do the pre workout stuff. If he so much as is winces winces one time, you're only playing twenty minutes. Yeah. If you so much as limp one time, you're down to 15. You so much as utter the word out, you're a DNP. Because honestly, I, I'm, I'm, no, yeah. I'm playing it safe. No, I'm I know. Not, I, exactly. And that's, that's my point. Because yeah, what I'm saying is a lot of times people will push it to the point where he could take a minor injury that, you know, that you, if you rest it, maybe he comes back games uh, four or five. And then he try to push it too much. And then now he's out the entire series. And he, you don't see him until next year. Mm, see, which exactly. is kind of where you know Embiid is not at that point, but damn, orbital broken orbital socket that you can't play with that, a broken thumb that you can't play with that, but it does affect who he is as a player. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get to Embiid later on, but but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, no, I, I think when you push too much, you actually really start ruining your star for over a longer period of time than just that short interim. 
I mean, because because you're right. Because I mean, it, it is a risk. Because think about it. If he ends up going, and then his injury is even worse. Let's 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 play the the maybe game, right? And let's say the injury ends up being worse. It's like like because if I'm mistaken, they said it was a quad. Let's say it's like you know, let's say it gets worse. We now lose him for the rest of the playoffs. Let's say we make it past the Bucks. Now we have to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, which if it's Miami, I'm not worried. Now if it's Philly, I'm worried because you got Joel Embiid and you still got James Harden. You still got to respect them. And if Tobias Harris can still keep up the, the play he's having, that's going to be something. But, like, I let's say we end up making the finals with no Marcus Smart. Whoever comes out of the West, it doesn't matter who comes out of the West. They have guards on that team you have to play. Right. Whether it's Dallas with Luka, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jalen Br- uh, Brunson. Whether it's the um, the the I almost said the Jazz, the Grizzlies with John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and um, uh, uh, Tyus Jones, who's the best backup in the league. Right. You got those guys. You got Golden State, who Steph Clay. Um, you got Steph Clay, Jordan Poole. And you got to throw Draymond in there because Draymond likes to orchestrate the, the 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 offense, right? And then you got Phoenix. You got D-Book, Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson. Like, whoever comes out of the West, we're going to need Marcus Smart for them. We're going to need it. No debate. We're going to have no choice. We're going to need that. Yeah. So, for me, it's like I'm, I'm 110%. I'm being cautious with him. You ain't gonna see me force him. Like I said, he says out one time, sit down. And he goes, but 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 I go, nope. I don't but nothing. You're sitting down immediately. Cause I'm not, I'm not gonna risk. Why am I gonna sit here and risk risk your future for what? For this series? Because imagine if we let you play, it gets worse. You end up being like Tony Parker, you tear your quad. Now what? Now where do we go? Now what now what route do we take? Right. You know? So again, then he's probably gonna get upset. And hey, it is what it is. But you know, honestly, I'm playing it safe. 100 percent I'm 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 playing it safe whether he likes it or not. Um, next game, Warriors at Grizzlies. Man, did you did you see this game? I I caught the tail end of it. Oh, so I you caught, caught the tail end part. of it. Oh, what a oh my but, lord. But from everything I saw uh watching on my on my phone. It was incredibly close. It was a it was a thriller, boy. So Warriors won 117 to 116. Grizzlies had the ball. John Morant basically ended up getting the ball. They inbound it. He tries to go for a little scoop layup. Misses it. Great defense um, from Golden State, namely Clay Thompson. Yeah. He forces the miss to get them the win. 117 to 116. Even though they lost, isn't this kind of a morale booster? Because think about it. It it literally came down to the final play. It came down to the last play. Yeah, literally. Like, don't you think that's kind of a morale booster for Memphis a little bit? Well... Here's, here's why I struggle with this. Number one, they lost without Draymond Green. That after is the first half. hilarious, by the way. Yeah. 
So what I'm thinking is, if I'm the Grizzlies, I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm if I'm the Grizzlies, I think like, damn, I lost by a point. I probably could have won tonight. I probably really needed to win tonight, especially with them being short. Draymond in the second half, I really needed this win just to kind of number one, like you said, give me the good feeling going into game two. Because now in game two, they're gonna have Draymond. Hopefully, Draymond doesn't do stupid stuff and he could play the whole game. But if you came and beat the Warriors when they're down Draymond, how are you going to beat them with Draymond? Um. So, so let me just address the elephant in the room. Um, people are saying that Draymond shouldn't have gotten uh, um, ejected for it. And I disagree. Because he's in the air, you grab the jersey and you pull him down. That's a flagrant. I'm going to put it to you this way. If Chris Paul does that same play, we're killing him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If Russell Westbrook is doing that play, we're killing him. We're killing him. Patrick Beverly. We're killing oh, we're murdering him. So it's like, why is it that Draymond, like, this is the same Draymond who's done stuff like this before. Let's not forget. Let's not he's, forget. He's known for that. Bro, like, Nutgate. It was real, bro. This dude was out here <laughs> kicking dudes in their nuts, bro. Like Stephen Adams, he's a dirty guy. Kid. He's an old school Bill and Beer. He's just that old dirty, dirty plan type of guy. You know, hey, right. whatever. Right. So, so there's that. Now, um, because you said because yeah, they basically played the rest of five. I think he got ejected in the second quarter. Yeah, I was a second. Yeah, so you know he ended up you know being out. Jordan Poole, by the way, phenomenal game, dropping cool thirty one. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I think this is gonna give them. A very confident, a lot of confidence because Jaron Jackson Jr. had a game. He dropped 33. John Morant had 34. Okay. Dylan Brooks didn't even have that good of a game. And I don't think I don't think Desmond Bain. He was all right. He was, you know, he was I expected more from from Desmond Bain. I really did. Maybe it's yeah. just and, then, and I, they needed I, more I from him. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I feel like John Morant. Was he able to get his? He got a 34-point double-double with 10 assists. John, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., which Golden State does not have a lot of size. They don't. And the yeah. few guys that they have size are not that good. Right. So you need to get Jaron Jackson Jr. in more involved. And I think that's what they're going to end up doing. They're going to get him We're going to have to. Yeah, because think about it. He And, and Jaron Jackson Jr., he's fast. He's Here's fast. my problem, Brian. Here's my problem, Brian. This is my problem. My problem is, you know, and this is dur during the course of the regular season, you know, and even people in ASAP were talking about how great Memphis was playing and this, that, and the other, and how they felt like they were going to match up well with Golden State. This, that. But, you know, and they did. They, they went three for four against Golden State in the regular season. The problem with it was that what people weren't really taking into consideration was that all three of those games, they didn't have all their stars available. They were, they were playing a shorthanded Golden State team in all of their victories. So it really wasn't a true measurement okay. of how well Memphis truly was against Golden State. So, okay, so what you're telling me, I want to make sure I hear it, is we got to give Golden State a little bit of a pass. Like, not not not, not wipe it under the rug, but give them a little bit of the pass because they were hurt. I'm, if, yeah, if you listen, right. if you don't have all of your top three guys and you're going up like a healthy Memphis, because you can see, watch this, it without Draymond in the game, a healthy Memphis still put up 116 to 117 Warriors. So, I mean, 
You can see, though, how the Warriors had, for the most part, most of the healthy guys, they didn't lose Draymond in the second half, but you can see the difference. Had they, had, I, I still think that had they had a healthy Draymond, I don't think the score would have been quite this close. I think there would have been a little bit more of a gap in there. But kudos to Clay Thompson, number one, for hitting the three-pointer with, like, what was it, like 46 seconds or something like that left? It was oh, he ripped stupid. that clean. Oh, my God, he ripped that thing clean. Yeah. And then he goes, and then John Morant, or it was it John Morant that, hit the, that missed the two free throws? They missed, I know they missed free No, it was no, Clay No, Thompson. no, no, it was Clay. Yeah, it was Clay that missed. Clay actually kept them in the game and gave them the opportunity yeah. with those two missed free throws. And then John they on, on the on the uh, jump ball. John gets the damn ball and yep. can't even hit the any game. Bro, it's a layup. Damn, come on now. Yeah, games on the line, John. MVP, right? MVP, John. Come on, you gotta hit that shit. I'm. I know I was trolling. I know I was trolling in the chat, but in my opinion, I think that was a bad shot. The the layup. Yeah, because you went for a scoop layup. Yeah. I would have said okay with it until you realize two other defenders collapse on Ja. And when you're getting triple team like that, like that, that's usually why you don't wait too long to make your move. Because when he did that again, that's just inexperience. When you get the ball and you do that, you're intentionally supposed to go up with a few seconds left. And the reason being, in case I go up and all of a sudden, like someone else collapses to help, and I got someone else wide open. I now have an extra second to kick the ball out. I forgot who was in the corner. If John Morant goes a second earlier, so I think it was Steph who closed in on, on, on help defense and left this corner guy wide open. If John does it a second earlier, he sees the corner guy, swings it, and then they have an open three. You know what I mean? So it's like... Yeah. Again, but that that's just as time goes on type of thing. Because if it was vice versa, Golden State's doing that. Steph gets the ball. Steph is going up. And then if if, if, if things end up collapsing or things go different or whatever, he looks and he tries to pass it to somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, so that, you, know, if you know what's interesting to me, though, Pride, is I, I look back on this. And, you know, if you go back to the 2015 series when, when, when these two teams matched up, you yeah. know, it was Memphis with the older team. And and Golden State with the younger team. Of course, we know how that turned out. Now we got Memphis as the younger team. Golden State is the older team. You know, so it's almost like a, a real reversal. And it's interesting to me um, that the adjustment that Steve Kerr made, putting Pool uh, or starting Pool, uh, or he started Peyton, started Peyton over Pool uh, to defend Morant. And I, you know, I thought he did a pretty good job. Grizzlies were up thirteen. Um, at the half with with no green for Golden State. So it, Memphis was looking good going into the second half. And, of course, that's when kind of Golden State took over a little bit. But, yep. I mean, what, what did you feel? How did you feel about Peyton being put on Morant? Was that a good move on Golden State's part? I liked it. I liked it because that's the thing. Like, Gary Payton is is one of the ball stoppers they rely on. Yeah. he they So why, why would you go and put Jordan Poole out there to guard him? Especially when you see it. Okay, who's a better offensive threat right now? Jordan Poole or Gary Payton? Better offensively would be Poole. Offensively, right? So so now when I see that, I'm like, all right. Poole can guard all the other guys. Gary Payton only has one job and one job only. Not he gets some points, fine. But your job is to defend him. That's your job. Yeah. You're running with him. Like, we, we're, putting some, we're putting you on him. 
So now Jordan Poole has more energy to give us that what 31 he dropped. Yeah. So for me, I don't I don't mind that at all. Honestly, I thought it was a smart move. I really did. So from your perspective, which is kind of what I'm, well, at least what I'm thinking, I'm kind of sure it's what you were, you already kind of alluded to it earlier, was they need, I think that they're going to have to make, Memphis is going to have to make that adjustment of putting Jackson more out there, like you said, to give them the height at the rim, which I think Golden State would struggle at, like you said. And two, Desmond Bain is going to have to step his game up. He has to. I think if Jackson, if they start Jackson more, and Desmond Bank can step his game up and everybody else play at that same level that they gave in game one. Well, now we could be looking at, you know, Memphis beating Golden State. They're going to have to do that if they want to take game two out of out of Golden State. Yep, it's going to be – Or excuse me, out of – yeah, out of Memphis. I apologize. Oh, yep, no, you're good. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, um, before we move on to the next two games, um, I don't know if you heard about uh, D-Hop. He's got suspended for six games um, for violating um, – basically for PEDs. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm not that surprised anymore. Yeah. Because now it makes sense on why, why they went so hard to go get Hollywood. Because when yeah. they got Marquis, I was like, what are you doing? Now it, it now it seems like they knew. Like, right. they knew. Like, all right, we just lost Christian Kirk to the Jags. Okay. Right. Now we got AJ Green who's going to be a year older. And now D Hop is out for six for six uh six. Oh games. hell no, that's an automatic. We'll be lucky if we if we're if we're you know second to last in the division if you lose that. Right. So it's like so I think that's what it was. I think it was a that now honestly, I, I don't know if you agree with me, Jay, but now that doesn't surprise me because all this does is make the Hollywood uh the Hollywood uh Brown trade, it just makes it make sense now. Yeah, of course it does. Because at first, like you said, I was kind of with you. I was like, well, and and the, the only thing that doesn't make sense on the Brown side was I thought they could, I thought they would have given Lamar Jackson a little bit more heads up on the Ravens side of it. But I mean, because that's your, that's your that's your franchise quarterback. It seems like you want to talk to him, give him some sort of you know thought consideration on the process. But hey, so that just shows you where they were thinking there. But for the, for the Cardinals, like you said, at first it didn't make sense with, with D Hop, but now it does. So. Mm-hmm. Kudos, kudos to the Cardinals staying competitive. Right. And then one more uh, comment. Uh, there's an update on the tanking situation with the Browns. Turns out there's so far has been no evidence that the Browns uh, paid or incentivized Hugh Jackson to throw games. They were straight up dog doo-doo. Um, yeah. But supposedly, now whether or not this is true, I don't know. Time will tell. Hugh Jackson said he actually has emails and text messages that he plans to send to um to the legal team that proves it. Right. Now, I don't know whether or not it's true. We're going to wait. But supposedly he said he's got legit evidence that he's going to send over, that he's still collecting all the emails and text messages and stuff like that, and he's going to send them over. So, so far there's none. I'm going to give it another week. And if we don't hear anything by by another week, then it's they're thinking like nah. Yeah, you 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 would have to. You would have to because eventually, when when you keep telling a guy, oh yeah, I'm gonna bring up the evidence. I'm gonna bring up the evidence. You keep telling. If the you guy, get it at the ready, you got it at the ready. You're not looking for right. it. You're not waiting. Right. Right. You're gonna be like, especially, especially when it's yeah. that serious for that of to your career. Oh, you're trust me. <laughs> unless Hugh Jackson's in a moron, which I don't think he is. He's no. got that stuff in a folder off to the side. 110%. Uh, the next two games, 
the series that's going to kick off today. So the very first one we're going to talk about, oh, man, this, this uh, playoff basketball just gives me a headache, bro. I love it so much. It gives me a headache. First yeah. game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, the 76ers will travel to Miami to play the Heat. Jim McLovin, who do you think wins tonight? Man, no, okay, so no Embiid, which means the pressure's gonna fall all on Harden's shoulders. And no, I'm giving it to Miami. I think Miami is just gonna be too much for not having Embiid out there. And the game is playing, it's being played in Miami, correct? It's on Miami's yep. home court. So, yep. so Miami's got the home court, they don't have Embiid. They're getting and court, and I'm just not a believer in Harden, man, especially with all the years in Houston. Harden's just He's a number two because he doesn't have the leadership skills to be a number one, in my opinion. Okay. So because of that, I I think he I think it's just going to be too much for him, and I think he's gonna he's gonna play okay, but he's not gonna play Harden esque. And uh, yeah, Miami takes it, man. I think Miami just with Butler and Hero and and Autobio and and because now we got Lowry back too, correct? No, nope, they actually don't. No, no, they don't. They don't. Um, he's still out right now. Yeah, so he's missing game one too. Okay. Yeah, he's wow. missing game one too with his with his hamstring injury. So I don't like Miami, but I do I do think that they I think that they're gonna have the better squad tonight. I just I just I don't, don't see I don't see Sixers taking tonight. So I disagree actually. Okay. And this is why I think heading into this game, they're gonna see Joel and Beads out. I think that's gonna make Miami big-headed i think yeah. james harden yeah. i think we both agree with james harden having a respectable game it won't be anything crazy but i think it'll be i think it'll be respectable you know something solid i think tyrese maxi's uh tyrese maxi balls the fuck out he's gonna have to i think he i i i think he does and harris is gonna have to pick up some slack too in there as well yeah i and i all three I, of them are gonna have to Really play their roles, and I think I think they do. I I think I I I don't know. I something tells me that this game I don't know, but granted, I do not trust Miami. I I I don't I don't trust the Miami Heat. I don't think they're a legit championship team. I have no faith in them whatsoever. Um, so it's like, for me, and I think I told you this when I was on your show, Jay. For me, this is just the battle. Of the untrustables, yeah, you did. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I, with, without Philly, I'm not a hundred percent confident in this in this Philadelphia team without Embiid. But even fully healthy, I don't trust Miami either. Right. So I can see this literally going a seven game series, where it's just because they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Now I do have Philly winning the series. And the reason why I think that, I think the first two games, I think the first two games at, at Miami, they split them. I think game three, Joel Embiid comes back. I don't think they care about his orbital fracture. I don't think they care about his thumb. They're waiting for him to pass the concussion that protocol. Concussion. That's really what's holding him out is a concussion. And because if he didn't have the concussion. Yeah, that's what holds anybody out. Because you can slap a mask on something. You can slap and, a splint on something. But concussion in the brain, you have, right. to, you have to give it time. Exactly. So, so that's why I think game game three, maybe four, Embiid comes back. And again, 
if if we if you thought Golden State had no size, <laughs> yo, yeah, you Miami, know, and that is a downside to Miami is size. Yeah, like come on, but like, like, bro, like if the biggest guy in your roster is Udonis Haslam, who's like fifty nine, and, and who doesn't even play anymore, he's just because he, exactly. coach. That's all. Which he I don't understand why he puts on a jersey anymore. Why don't they just give him a damn bench coach position well, or, or they, coaching they, position? So they put him there just in case he has to play. Someone gets in foul trouble, ejections, whatever the case may be. Because there've been a few, man, time, so, a few times a this year. So deep, man. That I know. <laughs> No, but there been there been believe it or not there been games this year that he was he's actually had to go out there, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the funniest thing. Miami has to go even slower. Like Miami is already a slow team. They're already a slow team, right? Which is weird because you got one of the smallest lineups in the league. Yeah, you guys play like big men, but whatever, right? They're already a slow team. When Udonis Haslam, the Miami Heat is going backwards. Literally, yeah. They have no speed. That's like seriously going way back to Uncle Drew. That's beyond Uncle Drew, man. Dude, it's it is hilarious, dude. It really is. But but now I'm to me, I I can't, I don't trust either team. But I I if you're gonna ask me who do I trust more, I I I would I would rather I'm trusting Philly a little more. I really am. Hey, but you know what? You know who I think gives the Celtics issues is gonna be PJ Tucker. I like PJ, man. He's I, that kind I, of guy. He's that kind I, of guy that plays good defense, and I he gives your team that Jake Crowder, junkyard dog, tough man mentality. You know what I'm saying? I just think he's that guy. He's that leader in that respect. I promise you Jason Tatum's averaging 50 on him. <laughs> I promise you Jalen Brown might average 45. Marcus Smart is averaging 30. Okay. Yeah. Who's the worst player? We haven't got to the Celtics. Damn it, we're talking about we're talking about the six Sixers right now. They gotta get past the Sixers to even think about seeing a Marcus uh, Smart, and y'all gotta get past the Bucks. Let's not get there quite yet. Well, well, listen, man. I, like I said, I still think we can. I do think there's a justice that needs to be made. Hopefully, we do make them. But for here, for Sixers and, and uh, Seventy Sixers and Heat, I, I I got Philly game one. I, I I really do. I don't. I I just feel like right now. I think if the Sixers want any hope to win the series, they have to split these two games. And I think game one is their best chance. Right. Because, again, Miami has no idea the what they're going to do. Exactly. But Miami has no idea what they're going to do. Right. And not only that, Miami doesn't know what you're going to do without Embiid. So game one, you can catch, catch them with their pants down, no pun yeah. intended, and, like, end up, you know, doing, doing some new stuff. Yeah, if you so catch someone game one with no Embiid and you slap him in the mouth, that's going to mess with their confidence going into game two. Or even exactly. going into game three when you do got to face Embiid. Exactly. So it's like – because I, I get that. Because imagine if Joel Embiid comes back game three and it's 1-1. One, one. Oh, it's game over if that's – Bro. Uh, there's going to be zero pressure on Embiid. Absolutely. So all he's got to do is just play ball. Right. That's all he's got to do. Question though, I got a question. Hey, I got a question for you. I might catch smoke. I might not catch smoke. Let me hear it. I I I I think that uh, I think who what's that dude's name? I, I always miss up his name. The, the the coach for Miami. Oh, Eric Spolstra. Spolstra. I think Spolstra is a better coach than Doc. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think he does. I think he. I think he. I I think I think he makes better decision making or better adjustments than Doc Rivers does. You you know what you know what you know why I think a lot of people say that. I think right now we're, we're a lot of our vision is clouded because of that three one lead from Doc. That one, the last one with the Clippers. Yeah. Combined I, with I that, remember, yeah. 
I think I think that's what's kind of clouding people's perception. So you still, so you still think that? that so you do think that that Doc is 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 better than Spolster, though? Easily, easily. Okay. To me, oh. to me, it's not even close. Yeah. I think I think Doc. The only thing Eric Spolstra does better is handle adversity. But even then, I don't even, I don't even think the difference is that massive. Well, I think he handles adversity, but I also think he I think he can also handle personalities as well. I mean, let's be honest. He he has taken a team when when James and all of them left. He he was obviously Pat Riley. Don't, I'm not trying to think anything with Pat Riley building his team. But at the same time, he did. He, he has coached a team that was LeBronless and got them back into the Western or the finals, and he has gotten them back into. I mean, it's, I don't know, man. I mean, the guy he's, he's got. You got to give him some kind of credit for for doing what he's done with what he's had. No, bro, I'll give him some credit, but I'm not gonna go out here and. I mean, look at Doc. Doc's had all this damn talent, and yet he's blown freaking leads. He's only got and, one and, and, championship and, and, with the Celtics. And and here's the thing, and, and I'll, I'll say this to my dying breath: Eric Spoelstra with any of those teams doesn't get a ring. Period. Yeah. If you put if you put today's Eric Spoelstra with that 08 Celtics, we're getting bounced in the first round. You put that Eric Spoelstra with with the with the with the Clippers, he's getting fired before they get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You put you put him on the Magic. If you put him on the Magic with that team, they would they're not even in a three one position. They're getting swept. So let me ask you then, if, okay, so based on that, based on what you're saying, if, <laughs> hey, if, if, if uh, Miami it is, does find a way to get past the Sixers, mm-hmm. would you then give more credit to Spolster over Doc? Well, it depends on how they did it. Well, no, I, I, okay. If it, I if it came it. to like, if it came to like a nitty gritty and it really just became, it went between two coaches, you know, right. having, having a little, oh, like who, who can come up with better adjustments. I could say he made the better adjustments, but right. overall, coach. I, I per, no, I, I I can't I can't say that because again, we can't pretend Doc Rivers is a bad coach. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I'm like, not saying that, I don't think he's a bad coach. I I don't think either one of them honestly is a bad coach. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, which one is the better between the two, given their track records. I'm take I'm taking I'm, me personally. I'm taking Doc. Okay, I'm taking Doc. Because all I know is this Eric Spolstra, before LeBron got there, didn't make the playoffs. So let me ask you this. Three blown 3-1 leads, you don't think that that doesn't carry any weight against him, though? I'm, I'm just asking for a friend. Some, some, some. So let, let, let's look at those each 3-1 blown yeah, right. I'm with you. So the Orlando one, we need to remember. That Orlando 3-1 blown lead. They were the eighth seed. Right. They were the eighth seed. And before people say it was Doc Rivers, answer me this question. Go tell me what Tracy McGrady did. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> hey, I'm just asking so, the question. They're up 3 1. Trace McGrady's like, wow. He did give some really good TED Talks. Yo, he was like, yo, Trace McGrady, right? It was Rob Wood. This is just Trace McGrady. Matt to the media. This is him. Swear to God, Jay McLovin. This is him to the media. It's going to be so great to get out of the first round, man. We up 3-1. It's amazing. Boom. All of a sudden, my guy just forgot how to play basketball. Yeah. So then they, they you, you remember, way, T-Mac did play for Houston for a while. So I'm, I'm right. familiar with T-Mac. Right. And by the way, do you know who the that Orlando team lost to? Oh, God. They lost to the Pistons. Yes, it was the Pistons. The same Pistons who what? Yeah. Won the championship. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they lost to a championship caliber. Yeah. Team. Bro, that Richard Hamilton was the bomb back then. So, but so so again, if you want to put some blame on him, fine. Let's not pretend it's like the greatest thing of all time, right? Then the Clippers, the first one, straight up injury city. That's just the reality of the situation. You have like your 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 his best player was his son, who nobody liked because they just thought that he only got in the on the team because he was his son. That's it. Right. That's that 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 was who he was going to war with. Austin Rivers isn't bad, but he's not the guy. That's what I'm saying. He'll never as be the, the guy. guy. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's just a really good though. bench player. Honestly, he's a, Rivers he's, is he's a, a good bench player. He's a solid rotational guy. Solid rotational guy. No, no I, I'm not going to say he can't ball, but to be in the starting lineup, that's not him. No, no, absolutely not. That's I'll, not him. If so he was in my that. starting lineup, I'm packing my bags and going home. That's what see, and that's what Doc Rivers had to work with. Yeah, now, I get it. I, I third, get that. That 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 third one against the Nuggets, that one is unexcusable. That one I I have to hold him accountable for because that was the that was right there is when he basically crossed his arms and pouted, and yeah. basically was like you guys figured out. So that's why I blame him for that one. If you're talking about that Nuggets one, I'm not debating you. I'm not arguing you because that Nuggets one, Doc Rivers definitely has to wear it. But when people say, oh yeah, he chokes three one leads. I think you need to put some context in it because people are pretending he's like a number one seed or number two seed losing to a seventh or eighth seeded team. People are trying to make it seem like he right. had the best players and he had the best team and they were fully healthy and they were losing a bumps. Like, nah, bro. Like, like again, outside of that second Clippers one, his last stint with the Clippers, I'm talking about outside of that, you can have some, you, you can, you, you, there's an explanation for it. But like right. I said, that, that that last one with the Clippers against the Nuggets, unexcusable, and I will never defend him for that one. I, I will never in my life defend him, period. So I, I just want to clarify and make sure we're all good here. Oh, I am not, I'm not going to – Doc Doc chokes on Lee's the same way Riley Reed chokes on I'll stop. I cannot stand you. I'm to... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad. I, all I'm saying is... – I love that. Hey, that's a good comment. I like that one. I'm talking about outside of the Nuggets one. It's not that bad. <laughs> outside, it's not that bad. I can't stand you. Next one. Final one. Mavs and Suns. This is why I hate playoff basketball. Jay McLovin, this game tips off at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Don't. Yeah. Basketball, why doth thou insult me? So, so... I was on your show, and I believe I said, by the way, John Boy, what it do, baby? I believe I said, I think the Suns sweep the Mavs. I think I said that. Yeah, I believe you did say that. Am I allowed to take that back? Yeah, because they haven't started playing yet. Okay, so I'm going to take that back. I got the Suns in five. So you, so you're, so now you're saying that the Mavericks will, will take a game? Yes. Okay. I got the Suns in five. I think, I think in Dallas, Luca has the the Luca ma Luca magic, right? He, he does yeah. his thing, and I think he gets them one. Hmm. I think he gets them one. You know what's interesting to me is the fact that you know what's interesting about this series, and a lot of people really aren't talking about it. But I wonder how much fuel or how much motivation. Luca is going into this game considering that in 2018 the Suns with the first pick took Aiton and not him. Well, 
Because I, I mean, you gotta imagine. There's gotta be. I don't know. Maybe Lucas not doesn't look like this. But that's. I mean, I don't know. Let me ask you. Well, before I even go that far, do you think the Suns? I mean, do you think the Suns regret taking Aiden over Luca? No way. No way. So, you, so Aiden I, I was still the right one. Aiden was still the right one to go at number one, even though Luca is damn near the face of the NBA or getting close to being the face of the NBA. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. And this is this is how I would, um, be. This is what I would do if I'm a GM. Right. If in the draft, I look at the team I got. If the best player in the league in, in on, on my draft board is a center, and I have Nikola Jokic, I'm not picking that center. I don't care who the best player is in the draft. If I have something at that same position. Why would I waste that pick instead of going elsewhere and looking at a different position? But they didn't have eight at the time, though. That's the thing. Right, but they had book. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I got That's right. That's right. That's that's right. what I'm saying. With Devin Booker, he was going (sighs) to be the guy with the ball in his hands. So why would you go get Luka when you needed a big man to pair Devin Booker up with? But would you let me ask you this? Would you trade back maybe one or two spots, and or maybe trade back one spot and see if Aiden? I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, I, would would he have fallen there? Sure. Maybe they, maybe they felt like Aiden was going to be there. Maybe they felt like the the team. I forget who was drafted at number two. I think it was the Sacramento Kings. Which yeah, there wasn't because they took Marcus Bagley or something like that. The third. Which Marcus by the way, Bagley, Sacramento, yeah. you're idiots for te- for passing up on Doc on that one, but. Yeah, maybe so, maybe they felt like Sacramento would grab Aiton. Maybe that's why they they just said to go ahead and take him now rather than trade back one spot well, or whatever. So here here's here's my thing on that. Um, because I believe I'm trying to. Okay, so 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 here's the odd thing about it. Like because we're saying we're, we're talking about you know how the Suns passed up on on Aiton. We forgot how Luca got to Dallas because. The Atlanta Hawks is the one who originally traded him. Right. And then they right. tra- uh, they they drafted him, and then they traded with Dallas. That's right. They so, did. So if anything, if I'm him, I would be more mad at um at the Hawks. At Atlanta, to be honest, right? But he I forgot about that. Right. That's true. That's true. Right. Uh-huh. And, and here's my thing with Atlanta. Here's oh not Atlanta, but with uh, DeAndre Eaton. Me personally, I look at what it happened. Like me, and you're saying should they have drafted? Should they have went back? The problem with doing that. Is if you have the number one pick, I'm not going to trade you. Oh, the number one pick for the number third pick straight up. There's right. you. You need something else to to incentivize it. To, exactly. So that way, let's say I go back to, let's say the the Orlando Magic calls me right because they had the sixth pick, and let's say Orlando goes, hey, let's make a let's make a trade, whatever, and let's say I then drop the six. I need something to incentivize me. Is that okay? Look, this is the guy we wanted. We can't get him. Sucks. But look at what else we got. I'm okay with risking it. Right. Because we still have this. I think it was that type of situation. Some teams did approach Phoenix for that number one pick, but they never they were they never took it serious. Phoenix right. never took it serious because the, the draft packages that they were giving them wasn't worth anything. It wasn't worth risking it. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know what's interesting else about this series, though? There's another storyline about this series, and I know you've seen it, is uh, how they're talking about uh, Doncic possibly having the ability to pass Jordan on the uh, all-time playoff uh, points points average, average points. 
Yes. I think yeah, George, I, I think is I think George's at 33.4 and Lucas at 32.7. Of course, obviously, let's keep it in perspective. Jordan averaged that over a much longer period of time in right. terms of matter of fact, I think it was um well, I thought I had it written down. So 179 games Jordan averaged right. that. So it's not really fair to compare Luca at this point to Jordan, but at the same time, it is kind of interesting to see if he is able to get past that 33 point tr- threshold. I, I don't think I don't think it's really people comparing him. I just think it's when you do something that's that impressive and you're able to look, look, we all know me personally, I think LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time, right? And for me, in my opinion, I think there's only three legitimate answers you can have as the greatest. If it's not LeBron James, I'll accept Michael Jordan. And if it's not Michael Jordan, I'll accept Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Those, in my opinion, are the only three. If you can be in any in any way, in any positive light, if you can be mentioned in the same sentence as those guys, that's impressive. That is so impressive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like Grinch, that's like really said, impressive. He, he, he ain't averaged it as long as MJ. But man, just imagine Luka Doncic and Michael Jordan. Just Im- Im- imagine right. those two in the same sentence. That you know what I mean? Like that's it's pretty. So, I guess that, but at the end of the day, because you're using you're using the past to build your right. future. You know, oh, what I mean? everyone, know, everyone knows MJ, right? So you're using his name to make people a yo Luka. Just in case you don't like him, look at him. Yeah. You know? And I, you know, and, and the thing about it is, what I feel like, kind of, obviously, look, the Suns are going to beat the Mavs. It's just. The, the, they right. just don't. They just don't. You know, the, they don't match up the same. And it's just a, the Phoenix is just has the more talent, the better coach, whatever. Yeah. But what I'm wondering from the math perspective, when I want to look at this, is you know they've been doing the same thing, right? And now they're getting ready to let. They, they, they finally kind of got a number two guy in Brunson, but now they're gonna let go of Brunson because they probably don't want to pay him. What can, are the Mavericks ever gonna be able to put a team around Luca that can get to where, let's say, a Devin Booker Suns are? I mean, at this point. Well, they have no choice. They, they're going to have to. But it seems I, like they're, I think, I think they're they really. Back, I think they bring back Brunson. They they have to. You would have to. You would have to. You almost you almost don't have a choice. And that's the oh, thing yeah. because you know Mark Mark Cuban, in my opinion, is one of the smartest businessmen out there. He just yeah, you know, that guy touch touches just turns to gold. He's not stupid, and he's a really right. active manager, and he does. Yeah, I just gotta think at some point he's gotta look at this team and be like, okay, we gotta stop letting the good pieces go and, and, and let or, or let the you know, like poor Zingas. I, I mean, it was good then letting go poor Zingas go because I just didn't think he was ever gonna be the right guy. But they right. really gotta start building more continuity, and and Bronson is a good one too with Luca, and then I think you kind of build from there. Right. So uh, I I agree with you. I think Brunson has to be the guy. Um, they're gonna have to build a little something around Luca because. I understand they sent him to that big deal, but the problem is that contract runs out. And I, if I ain't mistaken, I think it's it runs out right before he hits his prime. Yeah, it does. So it's like you you if anything, you only kept him there long enough for him to hit his best elsewhere. So they're gonna have to, bro. But um, but yeah, um, ten o'clock, man. I am not sleeping at all tonight. I'm telling you. <laughs> So hey, so what do you do, Fry? Do you just hit the record button and watch it in the morning? <laughs> no, no, I, I like I watch every game live. Yeah, every game live. I have to, because if I if I don't, because especially when it comes to basketball, like with it being a game every other day, 
I can't keep up with it like that. Yeah. Like if I try Cause to because you're, like, you're like, I can't right. keep watching all these. Because the thing is, like, like first is like Raw. That's easy. Like Raw and SmackDown, that's fine because that's once a week, right? So I can do it right. on on Monday. There's no Raw on Tuesday. You know what I mean? Right. So no, I can I got do you. that. And same thing yeah. with SmackDown. You know what I mean? So wrestling, it's a little easier to 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 manage it. You know. Right, because it's at, at most twice a week. But when you're doing basketball, baseball, even football, no, you can't do baseball, man. There's just too many games, too many. Uh, no, that, that'd be baseball would be really difficult, dude. I I can't, bro. I, I I pick certain teams and I watch it, and because just oh man, it's it's tough. And uh, you can agree, so I watch every game live, one hundred percent. Because like I said, wrestling is the one I can like, one exception where I, I I'll record it or like you know I'll. That's the one exception. After that, if I missed it, I missed it. If I miss you, I miss you. That's it. That's it. Oh, by the way, Pride, you do NHL. I may I listen, I'm very casual when it comes to NHL. <laughs> I will I will admit that to my dying breath. Hey, casual B, he might watch every blue moon. You you will you listen, you will never catch me trying to talk about hockey. I'm trying to learn it and get into it. So that way, you know, I can incorporate it into the show. I'll be honest. I got, I still got a ways to go. I'm trying, though. So I don't want to come up here and pretend I know what I'm talking about. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I say. Hey, what's the way to say this? Price said 2031 will start debuting hockey. 31. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't stand you. Next and final topic of the day. Told you we're going to talk some MLB. It's very early in the season, however. I want to be dramatic. I like being dramatic. I love it. It's what I thrive on. Jay McLevin, there are three teams I'm thinking about right now. You obviously know them. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna spit them to you. You're gonna let me know whether or not these individual teams should panic or if they should just namaste, relax, and things will be fine. First and foremost, the Philadelphia Phillies, 11 and 12. They currently I was wondering, okay, so in the NL East, they are currently third. What, uh, are you panicking or are you telling them to relax? With Phillies, I'm not going to panic, but I would say I'm mildly concerned. Mm. I'm mildly concerned because of Schwerber batting 200 mm-hmm. and Harper batting 253. The team's whole batting average is about a, a modest 244 with 198 strikeouts. So, Offensively, I think is where I'm mostly worried. The team's ERA is right at about 4.110. So I think the pitching is okay, but, man, they're hitting. And I think that just comes with time. I mean, I think they're kind of in a funk right now. But they're only five games back, and it's a, and, and I think the Braves are just underneath them, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't think I'm quite hitting the panic button yet, only because it's early in the season. But come All-Star break, if it's still five or more games back, I'm going to start. And they're still batting around the 200. Yeah, I'm panicking. Or by the trade deadline, I'm probably panicking. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like I said, like like you said, Kyle Schwarber, he's supposed to be one of the most prolific bats. He's at 200. So I would be concerned. But another guy I would be concerned with, too, Bryce Harper, 253. Yeah. Like, that's kind of average. For him, with, that's average. for him. This but is what again, you're paying him. I'm paying exactly. you all this money. You want to give me two fifty three? Right, like exactly. Yeah, I can go get any generic dude out there, pay him a fraction of what I'm giving you, and still get that same result. 
Bro, I mean, um, look at look at Reese Hoskins, their first baseman. He's but he's at a three hundred one right now. Yeah, that's my point. I paid you the money, well, but you want to give me the goods? Oh no, I lied. Reese Hoskins is another one at two hundred. I didn't wow. see Reese Hoskins. I didn't have, but I was going with you. Oh said. yeah, no, I'm wrong. Yeah, no, Reese Hoskins actually at a two hundred, which is another shame. Actually, no, I disagree. I'm panicking. Oh yeah, I'm panicking. Oh, I'm panicking. Yeah, like I said, hey, their their team's wow. batting average as a whole is two forty four. Especially, especially when you consider, think about it. Listen, they, so they got Nick Castellanos, right? So everyone's gonna be like, Bryce Harper's gonna lead off. Then you got, um, the, everyone was wondering, how are you gonna put these four hitters? You got Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, and Kyle Schwarber, right? Yeah. Whoever you put out there, you know they're gonna be able to make content. Probably are you starting to look at changing up the rotation? I would. I, I would start staggering them. I would. You, you got to do something. Yeah, you gotta do something. You have to, and you I, brought in Kyle Schwarber to be the guy, so you can't bench him. exactly. You can't bench him just yet. Matter of fact, Bryce Harper was ecstatic when they brought in Schwarber. He's like, "This is the piece. This is the piece that we need." I remember right. talking about it, but then they right. fall. And they're like one game under five. Yep, and again, and 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 to your point, by the way, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber batting two hundred. He's got seven home runs. Not bad. The next highest person is Bryce with four. Everyone else is yeah. kind of like three, two, and one. So I'm okay. I'll I'll meet you in the middle. I'm not pressing the panic button, but the glass case is up and my hand is hovering over it. Oh, absolutely. I'm not I, I won't panic just yet, but I'm kind of watching that but that big red button and like I might have to push it. But um moving on to their division cohort. The team that they're barely over right now, the Atlanta Braves, 10 and 13. Mm, Jay McLovin, how you feeling? Now, this is where we start. We're not panicking yet, but we are damn sure concerned. More than I am for the Phillies. And I'll tell you why. Because the Braves right now are 10 and 13, and they are six games back. And they got a team batting average of 227 with 207 strikeouts. Morton is where I'm really kind of concerned. His ERA has ballooned up to seven, and that's your main pitcher. And he's back, he, and he's throwing a seven, a seven point oh ERA. Your team ERA is at right at about four point two eight, and your closer's ERA is at three. So, if my closer sucks, and my number one pitcher sucks, and my ERA and my batting average team batting average sucks, I don't know, man. You know what? I haven't. I, the team next is where I'm severely panicking. But this one, I I, I got to be honest with you, I almost got Parkinson's trying to hit the button. <laughs> I'm with you. For Atlanta, I'm I'm freaking out right now. Now, the, the only bright spot they have right now is Matt Olsen, which, yeah. you know, you, you traded for him. And listen. Oh, by the way, this is your World Series team last year. Right. Again, uh, 290, his last line is 291. Two thirty, uh, two ninety one, three ninety two, four sixty five, very solid on base percentage, very respectable of eight fifty seven. So I, I do like him. Where I get scared for this team, what really puts genuine fear in my heart, their run, their runs, their uh, run differential. Yeah. For me, I always say this: you can find out a lot by a team by figuring out which which one. Gets it to triple triple digits first. 
runs scored or runs allowed. Right. Right now, they scored 89 runs. That's like for all the game. They've given up 103. So yeah. that's a run differential of a minus 14. Do you know wh- where, where they're on par with? They're on par with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're on par with the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. Now here's a here's minus fourteen. Thing, though, but here's a question. Now here's the question that I, I want to keep in, in mind because I know last year the Braves weren't looking great at the beginning of the season either. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody was thinking Braves and right. World Series in the same sentence before yeah. the All Star break or even at the trade deadline or any of that. Right, 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 right. So what I'm kind of curious is, you know, is this team, is this just the way that they start the, the season off and then they get better as it goes along? I don't know. That's that's why I don't want to hit the pennant button just yet because they got the World Series and they started off like shit last year. So I don't know if it's really time to hit the pennant button too soon or too premature without really giving them a rest. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to say. Well, here's my thing. So last year, I wouldn't call them shit. I would call them mediocre because I think heading into the All-Star break, they were, what, 500? I, I think they, were, right, they might have been right at about five. Yeah, they were like, kind of, like I said, they're only three games under five right now. Right. But so, and, and, but my concern really is you're not going to be able to repeat that magic without one of your heart and soul guys there. See, the problem was when they lost right. Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman rallied these guys. He was able to rally everybody. And, and you don't have him anymore. Right. You don't have now you get, him. Now you got Olsen. Think about it. Now your next heart and soul guy is Ronald Acuna Jr., who he himself is coming back from ACL, from that torn ACL yet. And he's not – listen, he's, he's played in three games, got 13 at-bats, only got two hits. Now, granted, he's going to have to ease himself back into it. So with him, sure, you're patient. But the thing is, man, when, you, when you're a guy that's coming off an injury – it's hard for you to root up, root on other guys because you're trying to worry about yourself. You right. need to make sure you're confident with yourself. So to be honest, man, this year I don't think they can do. I think they can make a maybe a playoff push. Maybe I personally think that's a stretch. But not only not only this, bro. The pitching, like you said, man, your number one is playing horrible, and the couple times your 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 starters can give you good outings. Your bullpen chokes it. They're in top five and blown saves. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. So I, I, I think I think there's I think there's way too much. In my opinion, I think there's too much you gotta fix to do it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I I, I, I agree with you. I just like I said, for right now, I think I, the glass case is definitely up and the hand is hovering, and maybe I got a little bit of Parkinson's in there. So yeah. All right, so the last one, the greatest team in the MLB, greatest organization ever, um, <laughs> the Boston Red Sox, nine and fourteen. I'm ready. Depression. Ugh. Currently, at a whopping nine and fourteen. By the way, we did all that to get Trevor's story. Uh, we are one of two teams in the AL East under five hundred. The other team being Baltimore, half a game above them. So. We're not Baltimore just yeah. yet. You're, you're not um, at Baltimore. When you get the Baltimore status, oh my land. Or, or I guess I should say, you know what's worse than Baltimore this year is when they get to the Cincinnati Red status. <laughs> Bro, Cincinnati looks Woo! like a choke 
of a fr- you and ready for the funny part. Wow. I well, you know what though, but they did get rid of a lot of players. Since he got rid of a lot of players, though. They no, but no I thought down, but that far down. I thought Oakland was gonna be like that. Because the too. owner stuff like that. And I blinked and I'm like, wait a minute, Oakland is actually 10 and 12. They're yeah, eight? what? Because I really thought Oakland was gonna be down there too. I forget really them. Yo, have you seen Miami? Yeah. Wait yeah, a minute, Miami is 12 and 9 and Cincinnati can't even count to five. Yeah. What is going on, bro? But it, it it's a test. And, and, and then I got Seattle look doing what they're doing. I don't know. Whatever. And, and then they, they, and then I got the freaking Angels. The Angels are at the top of our division. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Where did that come from? Right? It's a, and and it's, it's kind of funny too. It's kind of funny how we see all that stuff. And we're kind of shocked. But like you said, not only did they let go of a lot of people, their best hitter is who? Probably an old Joey Votto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So once you start rocking with an older Joey Votto, who's just not, not it anymore. Yeah, you're done. You're cooked. I'm, I'm about no, to I, I look at this Red Sox team, and like you said, they're about seven and a half games back. But man, they're and this is where I'm panicking. I'm panicking because it's not like they're in a weaker division. Like if, if, if this team was in like. The same division as the Astros were in. I wouldn't be panicking because they're okay. Listen, the Angels are my top team. We'll get there. We just got to go through a few storms. Or even, you know, or maybe okay. even, or maybe even uh, the Toronto? Central. Are yeah, the Yankees what the Yankees are playing right now? We're in my division. I, and I was going to say, even if it's not the West, if it's the AL Central, yeah, the Minnesota Twins are 13 and 9. Everyone else under them, the Guardians, 10 and 12, White Sox, 9 and 13, Detroit Tigers, and Kansas City Royals, 7 and 14. Right. Like, you know what I mean? If you take I want to be panicking because I know I got time. Right. I just got to make a few. Maybe the trade deadline, I make a few adjustments or whatever. Or maybe I call up some players and see what I can get. But there's a lot of things you can do between then and the, and, 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 and the All-Star break that you can write the ship against that type of division. But My the concern. division you're in, you can't do that. The teams are just too fucking good to right. do that again. So if I am the Red Sox and I got 182 strikeouts and a 229 team batting average and Story is 217 and my team's ERA is not too shabby at 3.59, but my my offense is more anemic than a child coming out of Cambodia who hasn't been fed in six weeks. And ready for the funny part? Our pitching should have been the anemic thing. Yeah. That's the part that blows my mind. Our pitching should have been what was the problem. Yeah. And and like you said, like looking at it, like for instance, like right now, um, in terms of our ERA, um, Evaldi, which by the way, I love Evaldi, uh, 251. Um, Michael Waka, um, uh, four, in four games, he's got 20, about 20 innings pitched, 177. Solid, right. Garrett I Whitlock. I, Brad, I got the answer for the Boston Sox. If you're willing to endure the embarrassment of hopefully not being stupid enough to get caught, break out the cell phone again. Can I be honest, though? Can Just I break out the honest? cell phone, Pride. Nah, bro, I can't. <laughs> nah, I can't. I'm so, kidding, of course, maybe, but I'm just saying. Nah, maybe we should. Nah, we should cheat. Let's get that. <laughs> but, 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 you know, you want to know what the real problem is? Obviously, because you, like, Lynn, Trevor's story hitting 217, that's bad, right? Especially. It is. Like, that's terrible. Bad. But you know what else scares me a lot? And this is why I'm hitting the panic button. Both Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts are going to be free agents after this year. Yeah, they are. 
Matter of fact, they brought in Story in case Bogarts did leave. They can slide him over to his natural position of shortstop. At short. And the sad part about it is I think Bogarts leaves after this year. And I think Devers leaves too. Yeah, I, I think Devers not going to leave you. And that's why I'm hitting the panic button because I think – How's your farm team look? How's, how's Boston's farm system looking? We got a solid farm system. It's okay. It's nothing really to brag about. I like it-ish. Ish. Um, I, I know we did trade a few young guys um, at some positions considering we, we kind of had some talent. Um, I, I, like I said, I think our farm is okay. Um, the problem is I think it's Jeter Downs. I think he plays shortstop or second. Right. I think he plays second. Um, he basically was supposed to be the like if Bogarts were to ever leave, he he's kind of the guy who would take over, be your infield heart and soul guy or whatever. And the fact that we had to go get Trevor Story scares me. Scares me a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely I'm on the same page as what you're saying. Scares me a little bit. I, I just I'm looking I'm, I'm just looking at all of their individual batting average and, and, and statisticals. Um, yeah, man, Story is just having he's, Horrible. He's just having a rough one. He really is. And that was supposed to. And, and, and I look at Bogarts. Bogarts is hitting. What's Bogarts hitting? He's hit. Bogarts actually hit 369. He hit 369. Dude, this is. A, so this Bogarts is, is actually balling. Devers Bro. is hit right at 299. Which is great. Still great. Verdugo's right at 238. Your boy Dalback. Oh my God. He's, he's hit 147. But, 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 but I will say this about Bobby Dalback. Remember. He kind of started slow last year, too. He started slow and started picking it up. Hell, even JD's hitting at 305. And, and that's the thing. Like, the problem is, I like our, our outside of Trevor Story, our best bats are doing their job. The right. only bat, the only good bat we have in the lineup that's not doing their job is uh Kike Hernandez. Yeah, he's the only good bat in our lineup that's not doing anything. The problem. The problem we can get on base, we can get on base. That's you not just can't get on ball. The problem is scoring. That that is where all of a sudden we forget that you swing the bat to hit the ball. Right. What a time to be alive, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm there with you, man. And it's not like my Astros are, man. You know, the Astros should be, in my opinion, they should be. But this, in this, at least in this division, we should be in first. And here we are right. sitting down in third. I'm telling you, right we, now, like listen, our two best bats are on the DL right now, but still, man, come on, man. You know Next listen, man up. Shit, let's go. I'm still riding with the Boston Celtics because guess what? Are the Boston <laughs> Red Sox. Because the Celtics did the same thing and they turned it around. And I was screaming the whole time, Jay, you heard me. And yeah. you ride with your team, you got bragging rights for life. Yeah. I'm going to ride with the Boston Celtics. You have to. I'm going to ride with them because when we turn it around, we're going to be happy. Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers don't go nowhere. Please don't, because then I'll be mad. <laughs> I'm gonna be like Yuki. I don't. I'm gonna be like Yuki when uh, when Debo left. Nah, because yeah. Yuki's a Yuki's a Niners fan. And yeah. when Debo left, he started saying how Debo's trash and he's not a good receiver anymore. I'm gonna be like that with Xander Bogarts. He's trash. He was never good. I was like that for Mookie Betts. <laughs> when Mookie left, I was like, he's trash. I was like, he's 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 a horrible player. And like, I, I didn't really mean. I was just upset. I was in my feelings. Saying um, things you didn't mean. 100% I didn't, I didn't need it, but this has been the Prideful Takes podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Prideful Takes. If there's any news you guys want us to talk about, feel free to tag us. 
Catch us on Facebook at Prideful Takes and also on YouTube at Prideful Takes. Visit our website, www.pridefultakes.com. Not only is every episode of the podcast up there, but we also have original articles. And check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, just say, hey, Siri, play the Prideful Takes podcast. Should take care of the rest. As always, go to www.fatco.com. Use discount code PridefulTakes. Get 15% off all your organic skin care needs. Jay McLovin, where can the people find you? Hey, you can find us on right now. We're under the ASAP network under Unscripted uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can also find us on uh, YouTube uh, Unscripted and Facebook Unscripted. And uh, yeah, those are all the places. And I think I'm going to really try to get that 15% off skincare because, man, my skin has been kind of rough here lately. So, bro, go ahead and I use I might check that out at Fatco. Bro, you honestly. Consider it, bro. Because honestly, like they they sent me like a little um, they sent me like a little trial thing. It feels nice. They got deodorant, like they got stuff for for men, women, and babies, bro. They got lip balm. They got lotion. They got deodorant. They got they got a lot of stuff. And this bro, good man, too. I got this fifty year old skin, man. I hope they can I hope they can bring it back to life. I haven't seen my youthfulness since nineteen ninety nine. Youthfulness, youthfulness. <laughs> but it's been your boy Pride on behalf of Jay McLovin. I'll be back here. On a Wednesday, Jay, thank you for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Until then, we'll see you guys. Say later. Be safe. I knew where that was going. That was a great read. Ooh, Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the two on the season. Second and one for the Bills. The handle the rush. Allen looking. It's down. Two to Shohei Otani. Center field. Let's watch it go. Several of those inside low kicks. Oh.